Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Amigos, compadres, welcome. Spring football. We are at spring football eve for Florida State. And you know what that means. Roundtable time at 247 Sports. Knowles 24-7. It has been, some people call this the slow season, never that way for us. And you would know that if you were a Knowles 24-7 subscriber. If you're not, let's rectify that situation, baby. I talked to my friends up at corporate. 50% off, extended for another 48 hours till the end of Tuesday. Sign up, you get 50% off for an entire year of the best video, scoop, recruiting, article coverage in the history of college sports, but certainly the FSU beat. I'm here with all of my friends, and we're going to be talking about everything that you need to know about spring football. I have come up with multiple illuminating topics. We're going to do a little by or known hosted by the king. Him, Oops, okay, that over there, that way, hosted by the king himself, and it's going to be great. But we also have a little bit of a housekeeping to do. Brendan, announcements? Ooh, an announcement. Yeah, first off, the promo, 50% off, uh, annual membership, like Trey mentioned. I think it lasts for, what, Chris, two more days we got? Yes, till midnight on Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. So, so do it now because what's going to happen inevitably is recruiting stuff's going to pick up and everyone's going to be like on Twitter, oh, when's the next promo? The promo's now. So, so do it now, guys. Don't wait. All right. So that's number one. Number two, the announcement that I'm, it's been years in the making, eagerly anticipating this for a long time. It's a long time to wait, but you guys know I like whiskey. Right? Is that is that a secret? Yeah, look behind you, man. You're pretty uh pretty obvious about it. Not Mikey quite. Mikey likes guys that can snap the football. <laughs> guys that can snap the football, whiskey, both are very, very important to me. Well, if you notice, a lot of the whiskey behind me is from Chattanooga whiskey. It's Ooh. one of my favorite craft distilleries out there, probably my favorite. They do an excellent job of all sorts of amazing products. They have an entry-level whiskey in like the 90-proof range that people are going to like. My personal favorite is their 111-proof. Put a little hair on your chest. They have rye. They do experiments where they finish stuff in all kinds of different you know, wine finishes. And uh, I've, through my whiskey adventure, I've found myself often turning to Chattanooga whiskey because they are so unique. And uh, they... They put the craft in craft distillery and they are kicking the butt of some other Tennessee whiskey conglomerates that will not be mentioned. With all that said, I love Chattanooga whiskey. I am beyond thrilled to announce that they will be sponsoring on the bench moving forward. So we have another sponsor to go with the Turner group, uh, two great sponsors. And yeah, so Chattanooga whiskey to uh, commemorate this first Episode, I'm going to pour the very first bottle I got from Chattanooga Whiskey. It was a single barrel store pick that Pat Davis, the Florida region rep uh, for Chattanooga Whiskey. He is a friend of Chris Knees back when they were uh, 
doing debauchery in college, I believe, Chris. Uh, he was a walk-on yep. at FSU in the mid-2000s, and Chris can speak to the debauchery while I pour this. But uh, Pat's good people, support a knoll. If you guys like whiskey, you want to try all kinds of different varieties. Chattanooga Whiskey is going to be where it's at, and I am thrilled that they're going to be part of our podcasting experience uh, right now and uh, in the future as well. Chattanooga yeah, relationship. Whiskey. Two or three years in the making, I feel like. The pandemic. I remember talking to Pat driving down to Miami in 2000 before that, or to 2020 before that fantastic game. So, yeah. Now, Brendan, yeah. I live in Iowa, so I know my corn-based alcohol, normally made out of a bathtub of some sort, and I cannot lie to the people. So I would expect multiple bottles of that to be coming to the foot of my doorstep so I can try to tell everybody the intricate delicacies that I know incorporate a beautiful bottle of Chattanooga whiskey. You will be sending me product to sample ASAP. All right, speaking of let's get into stuff ASAP. Let's talk about spring football. Guys, would be a round table without a little bit of hyperbole. Chris Nee, is this Mike Norvell's most important? I, I picked on the tired guy. Is this Mike Norvell's most important spring ever? No, it's just the latest one. I, it's pivotal. I mean, Brendan definitely wants me to drop. It's pivotal. Of course so it's pivotal. It is pivotal. But I wouldn't say it's the most important. I truthfully think last year was probably the most important one he's ever had because they were at sort of a nice edge point last year. Mm -hmm. Now, is it important? Yeah, there, there's importance to it in the sense of there's a great deal of expectations around these parts, and this is where you begin in addition to the winter conditioning program they just concluded of kind of instilling how are we going to manage that while having our own expectations within the program. Dane, what about you? What do you think about this? Do you agree with Chris? Do you have placed a little bit more importance on this spring just because of all the lofty expectations that are being placed on the team? What do you think? Or do you agree with the big guy? I, I, I agree with Chris. I think it's the most, it's going to be the most fun, like from our point of view and stuff, it's going to be awesome. But, um, but it's, it, is it the easiest for him? Is the easiest spring? Um, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe he has, the less the least like terrible holes to fill and that sort of thing um but <laughs> i i don't know um it's a very it's a very uh important spring because it's a spring where we can really elevate or he can elevate the program into a spot where it hasn't been in a while and there's pressure that comes with that but All i think right. he's well equipped to do so I like that. Not, not a total, not a total dumpster fire uh, <laughs> spring. So Mike Norvell is fairly happy. Anybody disagree with Chris? Does anybody think this might miss maybe the most important spring ever or no? This will have the highest expectations of any spring he's had. And with that, it makes it extremely important. I agree with Chris that last year was really the, the time to start making. It was a turning point spring for them and really kind of a, now or never type of uh, type of element for FSU and for Mike Norvell. So not the most important, but like in, ter in terms of like what's at stake for getting FSU to the next level, like you can't take a step backwards. That's for sure. No. Uh, if we want to talk about this program covering it, you know, being a championship contender, if not just in 2023, but 24, 25 and, and subsequent years, like this is a damn important spring because you have a lot of new pieces a lot of returning players as well. Got to combine that all together. Then you have to meet it with, they can say the expectations are always high for them internally. That's a talking point in the spring, but the weight and the gravity of what a singular loss means, what two losses means, it, it changes what it has in any other year previously. So expectations are different. 
super important. I'm, and I think I agree with you guys, like, and on the whole, the most important spring I think was last one because it decided Mike Norvell's career. This one kind of will decide the trajectory, just how high Florida state can go. You've got a lot of investment right now, a lot of fan support, a lot of momentum, a lot of NIL support, a lot of NIL momentum. You take a step back this year, going to be hard to get that snowball rolling again. So I think I definitely agree with you guys, Adam, what is the storyline that you're watching the most from this spring? Is it, a unit, a position group, a singular player. What are you keeping your eyes on in these next couple of weeks? Uh, I'm just looking to see how they develop depth. Um, I, I think you're 22 is kind of understood and there's a good concept of who those guys are going to be. I think depth's going to be important for this season. Obviously you're going to play in a lot of games where you're going to be heavily favored. You're going to play a lot of those guys, but those tight games is your, it, are your next 11 going to be able to go out there and win you, win you those football games? So for me, it's just about developing depth. What, what, is the, what are those guys behind the starters going to look like? How, how many good reps are they able to get throughout this spring? And, and what, kind of, what kind of ceiling can they build with those guys? Zach, what about you? What's your storyline to watch for these next couple of weeks? I can't believe AB didn't take this, but the trenches, man. I know. State, it was a layup. I was very yeah. surprised. Look at him trying to be contrarian. State, deep on the offensive and defensive line this this season um i'm really excited to see how that o-line shapes out do those transfers come in and start or do those returning guys assume those roles and 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 beat out all those incoming transfers that have all the hype coming in um and then on the d-line i mean you got a ton of studs on the interior you got you know obviously verse coming back on the uh on the edge so i'm just i'm excited for those position battles um, and then just when they go head to head, O line, D line, that's going to be a really fun drill to watch this spring. It, it is going to be fun too. With the, like you said, in the trenches, a lot of it's going to be almost like how a championship baseball team is at the beginning of the season. They got to figure out like the rotation situationally who's going to come in, how do the pieces work together, the offensive line, who are going to be the five, right? Yeah. How do they work in concert? How do they get all the communication? And I find that to be very fascinating too. Kev, what about you, man? What's your storyline you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think I, I think we'll get into positions, position whole position groups that I'm looking at later, right? But correct. Uh, <laughs> um, the like the singular thing I want to look at is how is Jaheim Bell going to be utilized under Mike Norvell's offense? So Norvell is very multiple with his formations, how he uses people. How is he going to take this dynamic athlete, someone who's played running back and wide receiver and tight end, and where does where does he fit in this? group of of players on Mike Norvell's offense so that, that's kind of where my eyes are going to be that's like my big kind of focus at least on the offensive side of the ball Kev we know Mike's watching give him a suggestion how would you use him a little bit give him a little taste <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean that's really tough it, it depends on how willing he is to to kind of block but I think you're trying to get him uh, out in space on linebackers as much as possible um, you're trying to get him manned up on on mismatches the guys the guys a mismatched machine so i mean who are you gonna defend him with a, a linebacker he's too slow a, a cornerback he's too small maybe you're you're able to kind of take some safeties out of the game and um i i think that i think that having him and uh johnny wilson on the field at the same time means that the defense really who are you gonna double between those two guys um and if you double both of them well, now you don't have enough guys to stop Trey Benson. So how they utilize him, where they put him on the field, that's going to be fascinating. 
I agree with you. And I think he, I think a lot of other people agree with you too, Kevin. If you take a look at uh, a great article, Knowles247.com, 50% off to the end of Tuesday. Sign up, you cheap so-and-sos. There was an X Factor article that we did. There was a um, what was it? It was the X Factor and then a hot take. So we all had yeah. to do like hot takes. Really great article. Jaheim Bell's name came up so many times. And he is, it's as much as one player can, especially from the tight end position, he's going to put some opposing defensive coordinators in a bind, and it's going to be very fun to see what they can do with them. Chris Nee, let's talk about the positional groups that Kevin said. Nice segue, bud. What's the positional group going into the spring that you are the most confident in right now? Quarterback, because Jordan Travis is back. You can't say quarterback. Say another one. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say quarterback. Okay. Because it has a uh, two-second answer. If I can't say quarterback, I can't. guess no I guess I will go can. with uh I mean there's several, and that's a beautiful feeling, but I, I guess maybe receiver, because but there you gotta figure out the replacement of Pokey could be running back, even though you lost Trace on, you know, you got talent. So there's a ton going on. Uh they're in a pretty good spot. I like the that. least confident is an easier question for uh, me. That's and it's know. coming next. It's coming next. <laughs> Jumping ahead. I caught you. I caught you quick though. I ain't letting you I don't play those games. Adam, you were doing like some wavy hands like uh revival I'm thrilled snake that thing. Pokey's like, getting the love that he's deserved. Oh, it was exactly what he's going. Okay. Dude, All right, well, that real quick. Running back, running back, running back. The answer is running back. Why is it we thrill with running back? Aren't we thrilled with running back? I know you are elaborate. Do I need to elaborate? I mean, yes. look at all the articles written about Rodney Hill and how great he looked in Tora duty. Trey Benson's put on another 10 pounds and he's had a full off season and another year removed from that knee injury when he looked like a top five running back in the nation. Rodney Hill, Kaziah Holmes looks like everybody's favorite walk on like CJ Campbell's a guy that nobody's going to talk about, but he's even really good. They, that, that room is really deep and it's really good. Like, and Mike knows, and and Coach Johnson know how to get the most out of them. So I, that room, I, I like, am never going to bat an eye about that room. So AB, I've got a question. Oh boy, Treshawn, <laughs> I, in my opinion. So this is, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think Treshawn Ward offered a very unique one-two punch with Trey Benson, and you often saw when Trey Benson wasn't able to get anything going, say like the Oklahoma game, mm-hmm. it was Treshawn Ward that stepped in as a change of pace from kind of what Trey Benson offered you, do you think there's anybody that's going to be able to replace? I, I think everybody's going to be good, but I think that the compliment between the two of them was unique. And do you think that's replaceable? Yeah, I think Rodney Hill is going to replace it just, just fine. What was the way about what Trey Sean did? Like what specific skill sets created that dynamic that Kev's talking about that you think Rodney can replicate he, or maybe even improve on Adam? He was Trey Sean was really patient and he and he allowed things to develop in front of him. Trey gets out in front of himself a lot. Like he that's why he's so effective on outside zone, because he just goes. And if it's stopped, if the edge is set, a lot of times he just kind of runs over the edge. Um yeah. Whereas Treshawn allows blocks to get to develop in front of him. He kind of gets in and then squirts out. And he's so and his stature was real small that guys lost him at times um, on, on the defensive side of the ball. So he was able to squirt out, get to the sideline, and take off. I, I just think Rodney's really, really talented. Like I don't I think the blocking's gonna be better that we're not gonna be worrying about, oh, that we need a we need a one-two punch in there. Like I think the blocking's gonna elevate and we're not gonna feel like we need that 
change of pace. Okay. Anybody got a positional group they're most confident in on the other side of the ball on defense? Zach does. Go ahead. For me, it's the tackle. I mean, at the very least, look at the depth. We were talking about depth before AB brought it up. We want to see how it develops. I'm not in the least bit worried about the depth in that room. You've got so many young guys that are really impressive. Some veterans that are probably not even going to see starting roles this season just because of the two transfers you brought in and Braden Fisk and Daryl Jackson. And then, you know, Fabo's coming back. So I, I just, the top end and then just the depth of that room just make me feel super, super confident that, you know, even if aren't they aren't you know living up to some crazy expectation of being absolute difference makers, they have a bunch of guys they can rotate through. They're never going to get tired. Um, that's not going to be an issue like we saw in, in 2022 for FSU. They're so, so deep. There might be some scenarios where you could see three defensive tackles on the field at the same time. Three, yeah. tres, tres tacolos. Um, Dane, a positional group. What's one that you're the least confident in or one that needs the most work in refining during spring? It's not what I'm least confident in, but the one that needs the most work and will be like the most intriguing and seeing it progress mm-hmm. from where we have seen it would be tight end because your two best guys maybe in that room now are both transfers, incoming or uh, newcomers. Yeah. And uh, and you look for, for Biscuit, Marquise and Douglas to, to take to continue his growth and his development. Um, but that's just been a position that's been so weak at Florida state for so long and seeing how that, how that improves is going to be really intriguing. Um, so yeah, I think that definitely needs a ton of work. And I mean, Kev talked about it earlier with Jim Bell, like mm-hmm. how they'll use him is really intriguing as well. Whether he'll be like a traditional tight end, um, where he'll be used, what your depth actually looks like there with guys that are younger, like a Brian Courtney or even like a Jackson West and Terrell Powers, these other guys, you know, what does that position really look like? Yeah, we got, man, we got a lot of tight ends on this roster. Um, Brendan, same question to you, Chris. I'll get to you with your so easy answer. I hope nobody said it yet. Brandon, what about you? Positional group that needs the most work or you're least confident in before spring? Probably because of the variables and the unknowns with it is the defensive backfield. And part of me feels really good about you bring in Fentrell Cypress, who looked really good in tour duty. Uh, probably in talking to sources during the offseason, we heard from the most amount of people the same thing about Fentrell Cypress, which is that they hit on him. Mm-hmm. Now coaches are talking about him on the record and, and saying the exact same thing, too. Like they are putting their names on it. Uh, so you have that potential game changer as a true CB1. But what that really does is opens up all these possibilities for you at other cornerback spots. Does Renardo Green slip, step into the, the slot? Is Azaria Thomas, Jerry and Jones, guys that you try to move in there? Uh, because you have Kevin Knowles who might miss portions of the spring with a shoulder injury, and he was up and down last season while playing hurt. Uh, and then Greedy Vance is also kind of a wild card as well. So you have different pieces that you're going to try to figure out at cornerback. Uh, without there being a necessarily a sure thing, although good problems to have there, I think. But then we yeah. go to safety where you lose Jamie Robinson. Really, FSU hasn't lost a ton from last year's roster, but Jamie Robinson to me is the the biggest piece that you have to replace. Uh, that's not a, that's not a hot take. I mean, he's he's going to get drafted probably early on day three, uh, coming up on April. He'll make himself a good chunk of money in the NFL. Probably play for a long time. That's this malleable, versatile chess piece that FSU developed him into the last couple of years. Uh, and that's a, a player who's going to be difficult to replace because he did so much well. Right. Uh, and uh, and so as we go to what I'm not really confident in this spring, Akeem Dent, is he 100% going into the spring? It sounds like he was limited during tour duty, but working his way back into it. Shaheen Brown, I'm very high on, but 
this is going to be a big jump up in play for him in terms of just the amount he's going to play. And then Duke Cooper moves from cornerback to safety. What does that look like? So, so defensive backfield, I think has the most unknowns. It makes me the most uneasy entering the spring because it could look really good. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the chance that uh, you might exit the spring being like, Oh, we have an issue at safety and have to go into the portal with, with a reduced amount of options because the, the safety market and the transfer portal before the spring was not great. That's the room that I think has the highest potential variability, right? Mm-hmm. Like the most volatile to where, you know, it still could be good. Like all the other position groups that we think, but it, there's a chance it could, it, it could be a weakness. Chris, Anybody taking your answer yet? I'm going to guess by your uh, your new little screen name there. Probably not. Go ahead. I thought I thought that was a phenomenal answer by Brendan. And I wish Conrad Hussey was here. I'll add that. I, I think Conrad Hussey in the spring would have been a nice addition and compliment that room. For me, it's kicker. It's what I was least confident in most of last year. There were points last year where I didn't trust the idea of trying to kick. And I understand we expect an explosive offense that should produce a ton of points. But even some of FSC's best teams I've ever sat and watched had a game or two during the year that still came down to kicking the ball. And it's just a position where I hope Fitzgerald has put it all in his pass, has a really good spring, shows the ability to do it, is comfortable, and it dismisses the whole thought. But I'm not there yet. Do you think they need to go out and get somebody to challenge him? Well, they got a – it's what, Tyler Keltner, right, Dane? That's his name? Um Okay. They got him. So you do have that. And then you have Aiden, I believe, is still here. Sharari, who kicked some for him last year. Um, so you have options. And I think that's good for the competition standpoint. Competition is going to be a central word of the entire spring at a new a number of positions. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good to have that at kicker. Um, just to reinforce the idea to the guy that you're not guaranteed the job just because you've had the job. You guys have seen ryan at practice do you think that the strides that he took near the end of the year after an extremely shaky portion do you think he'll be able to take that momentum and it was like a momentary yip type situation or is this something that weird that no fans are gonna have to monitor throughout the entire spring and upcoming season i think he got away from the issue that plagued him last year he's still been at times a little somewhat inconsistent or unreliable at mm-hmm. moments. Uh, I, I think he's fine. Like I expect him to dismiss my thoughts of this. I'm just okay. going into the spring needing to see that actually happen to believe it. Okay. All right. Moving on. That was interesting. Kicker. He would, he would do special teams. Kevin. It's King of the springtime, right? There's always a guy that distinguishes himself in the spring, a darling of the message board and sometimes they carry that into actually being good and contributing that year. And sometimes they don't. They were just a spring guy. Potential king of the spring candidate for you, Kevin Little. Uh, I, I've kind of talked about him several times since since we saw the, the tour of duty workout. I like Kenton Kirkland a you lot. Do. You do. I think I think he I think I'm going to take a criticism. I think he checks all the boxes. I think you're you're I think people this is what I this is the equivalent. I think it's going to be kind of like AZ Thomas, where he kind of got buried by someone that was higher ranked than him on the on the 247 recruiting rankings and uh Conrad Hussey and, and Sam McCall last year. Not mm-hmm. not to compare those two directly, but just I think he kind of came in with little fanfare. He's a three star, right? Um but he is six two. He moves well. He's fluid. He's not too thin. It looks like they've put on a few few pounds on him. 
I think he kind of stands out when you when you look at him next to some of the athleticism in that safety room, just just from pure athleticism. I think still learning the system and and learning the game, he he has has some way to go. And I'm not projecting him as a starter or anything, but I think he's going to be a guy that kind of stands out to the crowd when they see him next to everybody and they think that's a three star freshman. So he Kenton Kirkland, that's that's my king of the spring prediction. I like that. Zach, I want to get yours as well, but just on the Kenton Kirkland piece, is there, he was, he was very unheralded coming out of, um, coming out of high school. Kevin saw him, other, other guys saw him. He looked very impressive both physically and in the movement. What, why do you think his raking was like depressed a little bit? Do you think there was, was some, some film issues? Just talk about him specifically, his evaluation. And if we may have been a little, we underrated him a little bit and then who your king of the spring is. Yeah, I actually think 24-7 sports specifically was pretty high on Kenton Kirkland compared okay. to the rest of the industry. I know Andrew Ivins, who's the director of scouting now for 24-7, like absolutely loves him and like was higher on him, like even than some of the other guys in our company. Like he was like, you know, vouching for him to be highly rated because he thought highly of him. Um, after watching him, I think at the Seminole Showcase event um, over the summer at FSU. So um, I know he's he's high on KJ and and. You know, I, I'm the same way. I think KJ can be a really good safety, and I think that's where he needs to be. Um, I think some of the the worry with him at a high school is a little bit of, you know, when he flips his hips, is he going to be able to, to keep up with someone downfield? He is a track guy, so he has the speed. Uh, but I think that was kind of the worry is, is some of his ability to flip his hips and, and keep up with um, receivers downfield um, if you were projecting him as a cornerback. But I think safety is the most natural fit, and that's kind of what Chris and I – have been, you know, saying ever since, you know, Florida State landed this kid um, a little, you know, under a year ago. Okay. Who's your king of the spring? <sighs> Potential going, king of yeah, the spring. Yeah, I, I got to go Dar- my boy, Darion Williamson. Um, Dane. That's – I would – dude, I was in the hype train way before you, first of all. I was I'm leading the hype train. Florida. I'm the conductor. No. You guys both shut your mouth. Chris, okay, impartial judge. Who called was, dip was on Darion? It, it was maybe like two years ago. Brendan banging that drum. He loves Wait, him in practice. Who covered him as a But I hit it way harder, man. Come on. Who, who broke his commitment? <laughs> who broke his commitment? Who? I, I think I, I was I at his elementary school. I got his edit, Football games. Norvell dropped the word elite. In Ooh. reference to Darian the other day, and who I don't think Norvell uses that. Before Norvell did, yeah, it was whatever. Cool. <laughs> in the I comment don't think he section, uses that word loosely. In the comment section, Brendan was first. Zach broke news with the kid. Dane hit it real hard with the kid. In the comment <laughs> section, I want you guys. That was his own words, verbatim. In the comment section. <laughs> Who is the leader of the Darian Williamson hype train? You guys decide in the comments. We will see. Strapple, strapple, strapple. Okay. Zach, <laughs> as the contested right now leader of the Darian Williamson hype train, he looks he looks like an elite receiver, like Chris said. I know that that irks him when people say that, but you see the elite characteristics. Yeah, I mean, Florida State needs someone like him within their offense right now, in my opinion, right? You got Johnny Wilson, who's going to assume a starting role barring anything crazy. Um, and then, you know, the slot guy will probably probably be um, Micah Pittman or maybe if Winston Wright comes, uh, you know, back into full swing, he can compete for that spot. I think you need another outside receiver and, and Darian Williamson fits in perfectly with what Mike Norvell loves to do. He's twitchy. He's insane, insanely athletic. He has the ideal measurables and just he's super fun to watch. I hope like just I just need him to stay healthy. Like, please stay healthy. 
Like, if he stays healthy for an extended period of time, he's going to be an absolute dude here. And I think Mike Norvell understands that. I remember a specific moment. Just, you know, this shows why I should be the leader um, of his hype train. <laughs> I was so tuned into this specific moment of when Mike Norvell was watching Darian Williamson make a play in fall camp right when he was coming back from that preseason mm-hmm. injury. And he goes over and turns to Derek Ray and he goes, look, that's what he can do. And that was like the first practice back, and he made like an unbelievable grab in the end zone. He said that's um, exciting verbatim hey. is what he said. I remember it. So when I write the story on him being a first-round draft pick. I think you're trying to make that up so you can fill that's into my exciting. moment that I witnessed. Oh, I don't even think you were around. You were on the other side of the field. At the can we wait till he's actually more than one game in a row? All right. Like, the comment on. section will say. Okay, Pokey Wilson Hive. Oh. All right. We're, at, we're at mid spring discontent with one another. I like it, dude. I did. I uh, that was I didn't know what like lever to pull. Fantastic. I'm gonna use that one again. Brendan, who's your king of the spring? It's obviously not Darian Williamson because you don't like him as much as other people on the Clearly. team. So who's yours? So King of the Spring does kind of have the connotation of someone kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like it has yeah. to be this element of, of a surprise, of a dark horse, a little bit of a of this gritty uh, factor that you, you can really root because this person has surprised you. Um, I'm going to go with Kaziah Holmes. And I was the naysayer of Kaziah Holmes to our message board, telling them to slow down during the season when everyone's trying to say he should be a, a top three running back in the rotation next year. I'm not ready to say that. What I am willing to say is watching him move towards the end of last season during spring or during bowl practices, it was impressive. Then seeing him at 210 pounds move the way he did at Torre Duty, again, impressive. There's something there. David Johnson spoke really highly of him the other day. I think Isaiah Holmes brings an element of this little like extra like size and power that FSU can use situationally to kind of spell Trey Benson some. There, there's something there. I didn't know if there would be when he first came to campus. And now I see that there is probably a path to him doing something during his time at Florida State. So I would not be surprised now at this point, I guess, with the information we've gathered, if we exited the sprig, say like there is a a role for Kaziah Holmes for Florida State, either in 2023 or the year after that. There's something to build on. I think that's kind of what I'm expecting now uh, that we're entering the spring, which, frankly, I didn't think that would be the case even two or three weeks ago. Never count out Brevard County. It is mm-hmm. the one with the highest repository of good athletes. Drink it in. Um, yeah, that's a fact. Anybody else have a King of the Spring candidate that wasn't mentioned that they would like to throw their name in on the hat for? I know Byron AB's Turner. got one. Oh, Byron Turner. There it is. Okay. Why? Why? I don't know. Awesome. Great talk. Dane. He's, a, he's like a number five DN. I mean, it's not. it's never going to be a... a one of your top end guys. He's a guy they really like. I mean, he's got a lot of bursts and a lot of game. He's just got to be, he's kind of like uh Darian Williams, Darian Williamson. He's got to be healthy and oh, available. Don't, don't even. Your boy, your boy. It's pretty. Listen. All right. I'm going to hear. I've been following. Hey, we got a poll, hey, we got a poll going in chat. So We're trying to make this objective. Hold up. Adam. Give your thoughts because your Byron Turner answer was like five syllables. So go Since ahead and expound this site on this. Never began. I've been a part of. The, I've been a member of this site, so I I know everything that's going on around here. Brendan was the first to officially talk about Darian Williamson as a good player. Uh, there's no. There's not really a whole big question about this. Like, wow, it's Dane, election season. First off, Dan's immediately out of the contest because he doesn't like Jaheim Bell. He doesn't think he's a good tight end. <laughs> oh man. 
out of the contest. All right. I I am like hopped up on coffee right now. I would write a thousand word essay on why I am the president of the Darren Williamson Club right now, man. Do it, do it right now. Wait, write it tonight. I gotta know why to you're quote. the president of the Jaheem Bell sucks. Fan to quote <laughs> Dane Morlock, like more snaps and Bell. Dane January 25th. <laughs> I haven't forgot it either, Chris. I promise. Wow. Receipts uh, on your own teammates. I agree with all the names mentioned. The one other name I would throw out there, and I don't think he's going to take a starter spot, but I do think he's going to take a leap forward, is Omar Graham. I think he's mm. someone they believe in. He has Good a call. tendency to be around the ball. I think he'll solidify himself as a second-team option, potentially. I Let me like ask that. you a question. Let me ask you a question. Before we, before, how did he look running in tour duty? Does he look looser than, he, than he's been? He was kind of he was kind of one of those the hip, dudes that the was hips aren't tight, overly like, twitchy. Yeah. I don't think his hips will ever be overly twitchy. I think he has great instincts and he understands how to get to the spot quickly. So that helps make up for that. He plays faster than he actually is, I think was the consensus we had when we watched the film. Because he does have really high football IQ and his instincts mm-hmm. are top notch, which man as yeah, a linebacker. The, the speed's fine in a straight line. It's more the turning and going that becomes yeah. a concern if you know you're having to play a pass game behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Real oh, quick. go ahead. Well, I was, if you were moving on, I was going to say. No, no, three. I'm not. Go ahead. Well, I don't want to steal any of Kev's names. I was going to drop like three guys that I think are worth. No, those. go ahead. I was actually, yeah, go ahead. I like it. <laughs> go. Well, um, one would be Casey Roddick. I mean, seeing what he can be, he's like uh, the lesser, um, I don't want to say lesser known of like the offensive line transfers, but um, lesser like heralded, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Really I think a, that's fair. A huge impact on the team. Rodney Hill. Uh, that's that's who I would say, I guess, if Zach is going to steal Darren Williamson from me. Um, Absolutely. He'd be my main guy. And then um, and Shaheen Brown, I think, would be awesome if he had a big spring, too. So he could be a you know, a super big deal for the team in 2023. Yeah, potential X-Factor. Kevin, did, he, did, did anybody? <laughs> so he said Kirkland, so we're good. So let's move on. All right, Kevin, who do you oh. think needs to have a, a great spring this year? newcomer could be a transfer portal guy could be a returning veteran that may be like in danger of getting pushed out who is there anybody that in your head needs to have a good spring could it be a coach that needs to have a good spring i don't know it's open so uh i'm gonna i'll probably make some videos about this as the spring goes on but i'm fairly confident that there were two teams whose main game plan was to go at your nickel Clemson I think that Jerry and sure. Jones is going to step in and be that guy. And AB has Can't said see. it too. This is, this is AB's take originally. And I agree with it, but I think he's going to come in and I think he's going to own that spot. And I think he needs to like AB. Will you have anything to add there? No, I agree with you. They need to get, they need to solidify that role and get that spot figured out. If their defense is going to take the next step. And I, I think, I, I think, I think Dr. Love as I like to affectionately call him. Um, so much affection. I love Darian. I, I think he I think he has the necessary length. I think he's willing to mix it up enough in the run game um, and has good coverage ability when the ball gets down the field that he could step in there and, and be be an answer for them there. Um, if not him, I, I would look at AZ in there uh, and then maybe Greedy. I think they've got to figure out what they've got with Kevin Knowles, though long term because he is a guy you still need to be able to play so the it's almost like you jerrion but it's mostly it sounds like the nickel for you is yeah, that's need the to one. figure that out yeah, yeah big time big time um zach what about you who needs to have the best spring like who needs it 
did someone already say Tate Roadmaker? No. No. You'd be the first. Ooh, I Tate, yeah, I think Tate Roadmaker needs to have the biggest spring on the entire roster. Florida State is going to need to replace Jordan Travis, and that's going to be such a hard thing to do um, at any program, right? Like Jordan Travis is one of the top quarterbacks in the country, um, and Tate is quarterback two right now going into the spring. So can he keep up that role, or is he going to get passed up by one of those uh, – youngsters like aj duffy or, or brock glenn um and i think that's hey kev kev's got a lot of confidence in him, so you never know but yeah i think tate has a really big spring ahead of him and then obviously you know into the season uh we'll, we'll see how that, that that quarterback two uh position battle goes okay sure can i can i give it an answer because I, I just yeah that's what we're here for it. yeah i think malcolm ray needs to have a really big spring um mm. I think that's a guy who's in danger of losing his role uh, on this roster if he doesn't. Crowded room. Yeah, it's a really crowded room. They added some guys who can rush the passer, which was kind of what his deal was. He's always fighting a shoulder injury. It just it feels like he is a guy who could get lost in the shuffle really quick if he doesn't have a good spring. I think that's a that's that's a great answer. Anybody else have a name to add? I may trigger someone with this name, but Travis J. He's hung around for a reason. You're triggering a network. I'm just saying it will be it will be interesting. <laughs> he's hung around for a reason. There, he's bought into it. There were signs late last year that he kind of had turned a corner from an academic standpoint, and that's been right. mentioned by uh, I believe Mike Norvell. Maybe uh, somebody here recently in the coaching mentioned that, and also he just was more engaged in practice. That was noticeable down the stretch. I am interested. It's kind of now or never time. I guess that's the best way I can put it with Travis. I think that's good. He's he's a guy that's been in those conversations like who might be the next to go starting as early as last year with guys like Brendan Gant. Now, Gant is a guy that rebounded really nicely, really bought into the culture. Jay is still a question mark. There is potential there, and there is. There's not many positional groups where there's a lot of opportunity to like really carve out a role for yourself. DB, I think there is. Brendan ton of expectations placed on this team. What do you need to see from spring that would make you more confident in the team meeting those expectations in the fall? And conversely, can you actually take that much away from spring in general to where you'd feel confident in like saying that, oh, this team is going to perform? I think, I mean, there's a, there is a cap to what the spring can tell us about fully what to expect in 2023 because we have a good idea of like the, the main pieces, like a Jordan Travis, and we know what your quarterback is going to be. So mm-hmm. you're not having to see this huge jump from, from this favorite word here, pivotal piece. Uh, but what would give me a lot of excitement about 2023 is if we see this day in day out competition of these position battles, he's like someone like a greedy Vance, if he's able to fend off, whoever gets reps at nickel or is at least competing with them and not allowing them to take his first team reps, that would be huge. If Maurice Smith is able to push away Casey Roddick at center and say, uh, like I I am not going to give up the starting job uh, with another transfer coming in in a second straight year. Like those are the kind of things that I would look for to say, all right, FSU has the culture set that you want to contend for something meaningful and they have the depth in line too. So like, if these position battles are legitimate, like wire to wire throughout the spring, and there's no clear winner because both have, you know, two or three guys in the depth chart perform well, that would be really exciting. And I think would uh, indicate 
really positive things for FSU when the season comes around in August. Adam, you're raising your hand. Did you have something you wanted to say, or are you just a gesticulator? Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of moving my body body around here. But are we talking about what what this this kid the show spring, the significance of the spring? I'm talking about if there's something that you saw in the spring that if you saw development, like let's say nickel was solidified, something mm-hmm. like that, or the defensive end rotation, like Byron mm-hmm. Turner showed up in a way that you didn't expect, it would say, hey, I feel really confident about this team competing for a conference championship. <laughs> or are you the type of person that says you can't really take that much from spring no matter what we write about? No, I don't really care. It's spring ball. Like, Well, you guys should all care because there's a 50% I, off annual yeah, promo, and I, I think Adam's poo-pooing it a little bit. <laughs> no, Also, I, this Chattanooga whiskey? This Chattanooga whiskey. Oh, excellent. Oh, beautiful. I don't do you know guys like, I don't have any yet. But. Well, I will send you some. Do you guys like cherry? Yeah, dude. I'm do you like marshmallows? Yeah, dude. I'm fat. Give me all you, that stuff. Do you like brown sugar? <laughs> yeah, man. It's no. my favorite type of sugar. So, oh, anyway... Go ahead, Adam. Why do you say you're a coach? Yeah, why do you say that? You're just trying to find out who you're going to go to the dance floor with. Like, just like Saban said recently, like, you're just trying to find out what your roster is, who you got, who you're going to be able to rely on. I don't think there's any, like, grand scheme takeaways or anything like that. Like, they're, they're they're going to be so basic and so vanilla with a lot of stuff that they're going to be doing. There's going to be an uptick because they have so many veterans, but I don't do we expect Jordan Travis to practice a ton this spring? Like, I, I, Norvell said that they're going to share first team reps. He intends to have every quarterback in that room, all four of the scholarship guys, like get that. first team reps. So I, I think that speaks to Jordan will probably have some light days. But at the same time, I, I think they're still going to, I think there's going to be moments where they do truly push this team in the spring, post spring break. So yeah. not in the first three practices, but in that back 12. I'm sure leading, I'm sure they're going to want to get at least one really good scrimmage in with these guys. Spring game, we know what the spring game is. There's two scrimmages before the spring game, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to get, want to get one really good scrimmage in with everybody. Another scrimmage is going to be about finding out what their depth is. Then the spring game is the spring game. I I mean, I really think for the most part, they understand what their 22 is. They're trying to figure out what 23 to whatever is. And that's what this spring is going to be about for me. And that's what we're going to, that's why I thought, that's why I thought the depth earlier was, was my answer. And then 23 to whatever, finding out what you got there is going to go a long way in defining what your season is going to be. And that's what this spring is going to be about for them. It's not so much. It's going to dictate how the team's going to do this year. It's projecting roster needs and who's going to step up for the following year. So that's, I think mm-hmm. that's really great insight from a guy that's had to do it before. Dane, what about you? What would be a positional, like a development that would really make you feel more confident in any high expectations you have for the team that happened over the spring? I think generally something to um, something that would be great to see is just like a comfortability, comfortability with uh, mm-hmm. the newcomers coming in, especially the freshmen guys that you wouldn't really expect to be as comfortable. Like if you saw Hakeem Williams flash like more often and it's not just an athletic thing. Right. Or, um, you know, you see Brock Glenn maybe even being kind of comfortable. I don't know. Um but guys like that, I think that would be really great, especially the transfers. Uh, generally, you can expect them to come in with like a comfortability that's much better than the freshmen, but they're still new in a program and they might take some time. And seeing these guys not have to do that and not struggle in that process would be 
encouraging. I like that integration. And there are, there are a lot of guys, even with like, obviously the freshman, it's a massive transition, but even though some of those transfer guys, they're, they're, they're coming up to a higher level of football. They're traveling from around the country. It's not as cookie cutter and as easy as we make it seem right. There is like this, there's a human element to this. So I think that that's very encouraging. One last one before we get to buyer Sinone, Kevin, anything that you'd like to add, anything that you particularly need to see? Well, first of all, uh, don't tempt me with a good time, Christopher Lee. I, I would, I would throw in some film down here just just to keep it, keep myself occupied. Um, no, I think I think safety is a is a concern for me. Um, when we did our defensive preview, that was really the the big thing that. Open access. Uh, <laughs> is this the type of film you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> unleash your barriers, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, so safety. I, I'd, I'd like to see something happen there. I'd like to see. I think there's a decent chance that um, a Marion Cooper just has a natural fit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are we watching here? Jeremiah Smith, yeah, as we true. watched earlier today. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. But like yeah, you said, Kevin, it, the Amarian yeah. Cooper thing is interesting because a lot of people thought that that might have been a move of desperation. Like, hey, man, you had a rough year last year, kid. Like, he, like, you need to figure it out at safety. It seems from the stuff that I've read, that's not the case. Like, he may have a real aptitude for it. It may be a real beneficial for, like, both parties, not just kind of like a last chance thing. The, the kid may excel there and take advantage of that talent and potential that we saw his true freshman season. And the stats would, the, the like, PFF metrics that you would look for in a safety seem to support that he's someone that you can trust to kind of make some some sure tackles, what, what whatever that means. But I, I think he might fit well. He was kind of, I think he was struggling with some of the deep, deep, threats some of the faster receivers so getting him that head start as a safeties might be might be big uh also i think we need to see a, a big thing a big spring from darian williamson who's uh just a little known guy uh, but i haven't talked about it all fan. on this yet i talked about all in this round table i changed my name legally all right buyer to it buyer sunone 50 off at knolls 24 7 please sign up we got to see some big numbies from this round table. We're never going to do them anymore. And also, go to the liquor store right now, right after this is done. Nothing like going to the liquor store on a Sunday night. A nice single-barrel Chattanooga whiskey, the finest blend of all. All right, let's play some buyer Sonone. Brendan, I've, I've got the questions. Do you want me to lead them? Do you want to be the buyer Sonone You seem to enjoy playing buyer Sonone so much last time. <laughs> I, I will take over here for buyer Sonone and, uh, and play point guard here. All right. Uh, and not fueled by Chattanooga whiskey at all. This is going to go perfectly. But before we talk about Chattanooga whiskey, let's talk about the sponsor of By Orsonone. It's sponsored by I think the, it's the, Turtle Turtle Group. the Turtle Group. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the state of Florida, and specifically, like if you're in Central Florida, like Colin Turner is your man, but he can help you throughout the entire state through the Keller Williams umbrella. Uh, don't known on buying or selling a home just because it's a daunting process. Now you find someone who can help you out through all of that. That's Colin Turner of the Turner Group. Reach out to him at 407-403-8546 or email him at getstartedatthetunergroup.com. Uh, let's play some buyer's known, gentlemen. First off, I'm going to throw Kev under the bus here. Buyer's known, Jordan Tro- Travis. Uh-oh. Jordan Travis is the most improved player in the history of FSU football. Are you talking to me? 
What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, oh. right? Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, I thought you were just I thought you were phrasing the question to... I said Kev. Okay, um oh boy. Yeah, a little squeaky. Uh, there. yeah, I'd probably buy that. Sorry. Oh. I mean with it with the I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself under the bus here. He I don't think he improved as much as people give him credit for. Guys, when but when I we think... were driving back from Orlando, Kev, Dane, and I got into a heated debate to where it was dangerous for other people on the highway because we were arguing so much in the car. With Kev say trying. this hot uh, take. Go ahead. I can Go vouch Kev's, Kev said the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It Kev is say. an awful Kev's take. One of the more intelligent people in... that I know. Oh, when man. he said that Jordan Travis like was... some heat. He said it. He said it via text message to Brennan and I. And no, I went, it, this is what I, this is all I'm going to say about it. People underestimate the effect that a bad offensive line and bad wide receivers make in how a quarterback appears to the general fan base and what his stats look like. I'll say that it is vastly underrated how important the other. You know, he's one out of eleven people on the field. How important the 10 other human beings are that play next to him. Having Johnny Wilson there this year made him a better quarterback without him having to be a better quarterback. Not saying he didn't become a better quarterback, but I'm saying that doesn't get factored in enough when talking about his improvement. But it didn't get factored in enough for how good he was in previous years with all those shitty wide receivers. (laughs) Completely agreed. There's a lot more nuance going on here than there was in the car that day. That's all I'm saying. Chris, you've been covering this program longer than any of us here. Uh, Byers to know Jordan Travis is the most improved player in the history of FSU football. I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I, in the time I've covered it, yes. Bye. Um, Andre Wadsworth comes to mind. I mean, he was basically a walk-on that came in here, turned into the best pick in school history prior to Jameis Winston. Um, so like, I feel like he would enter that discussion. I'm sure there's others in that, especially like that late eighties, early nineties era of guys that came in and became far more than they were thought to be when they walked through the door. But yeah. And, and the time I've covered it, I think it is Jordan. I mean, it, it's mind blowing how good he has become where he is legitimately the number two candidate for the Heisman in the sense of early betting lines. And that doesn't sound insane or far fetched. And what four years ago, I wasn't convinced he could throw a ball down the Chris, field vertically I got, effectively. I got, I got a question for you as FSU story. What's Walter Jones' story? Like, why did he only play one year? Did he come? He was a JUCO. Okay, he was a JUCO. Um, I don't know the exact details on that. I think it was a matter of having to wait to turn, and then he was just so good that it made sense for him to go. Okay, throw. so that wasn't really like an improvement thing, but I was like, man, coming in one year and like you're one of the best left tackles in the history of the game is pretty sweet. Those were the good old days. Even you had just one years of, of <laughs> left left tackle franchise left tackle. Maybe the best left tackle ever. Hall of Famer, NFL Hall ever, Famer. ever, yeah. dude. Like, and you gonna get on the field? It uh, didn't, I, and didn't Bobby want to redshirt him? And they were like, "Look, you can't not play this dude. He's that good." Oh, Charlie Ward was a punter. Like, it's just what this program was doing for the. For a very I, long time I'm gonna be time. honest. I feel like Kev's take on Jordan is him gaslighting Tate somehow. I feel like there's a Tate slant, oh, and there's some way, somehow, that it's going to expose itself. I didn't think point. of that. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's more like 
I don't think that I don't think that McKenzie Milton was good last year, but I don't think he was as devastatingly bad last year. I don't think you could put a pocket passer on that team last year and get points against anybody with a pulse. I don't so, care who it is. Do you remember Louisville was just rushing three the entire yeah, game? It's impossible. In 2020 or You're rushing yeah. three and your best receivers matched up man on their corner and it's Pokey Wilson. Like, <laughs> oh, this is the end of X's and Nulls of this. Just to clarify, final sentence of everyone's points offends someone else. Just to clarify on Walter Jones, he did actually register, I believe, in 95. He came in from home CC, played in 96, played the 12 games. He actually moved to tackle because of injuries, is what I was just reading really quickly. So, that I remember Walter playing and being phenomenal, but like mm-hmm. the story of leading up to that I, was before my time of investing time in such things. I'm not quite that old, Trey. <laughs> Sorry, but it's just you're so mature. I don't know. That's why I thought. All right, continue. Does anyone want to sideswipe Keyshawn Helton before I move on to the next topic? We good? We good? That's all you Hookie a great wide receiver. He he proved us all wrong this year. You can't tell me otherwise. Pokey had a nice season. By Orsonone. Trey, I'm going to throw this to you and get the topic of conversation going with you, and then we'll, we'll, we'll flesh it out a little bit. By Orsonone, there will be at least five new starters on offense to open the 2023 season. Five new starters minimum. By Orsonone. Mm, I think the wide receivers are pretty set. Well, Wright may make it. I mean, the tight end, yeah. You got Bell, um, Gibbons, whoever his replacement's going to be. So I'm think I, I'm I don't know if I want to project all three of the transfer offensive linemen, two of them mm. for sure. So I'm at three. I do think that Winston Wright is going to make his. Oh man, I don't know because I haven't seen him in person. If he's going to make. I'm going to say Sanone, but I think it'll be like in that four range. Very easily could be five. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go Sanone, but it's just quick, like but slimmest of margin. Anyone so want to buy four. it? Potentially, because yeah, I'm with you, Trey. I think we're right on the cusp of it. Uh, Dane it. and Zach, all the two. I don't, talk about Zach. I don't want to buy it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it. So, uh, Winston Wright, like, it's, it doesn't have to be a newcomer. It's just a guy who wasn't. It's just a guy who wasn't starting, starting last yeah. year. Yeah, that's how I took yeah. There goes I'll, I'll take three, uh, all three interior offensive linemen as new starters with Jeremiah Byers, Roddick, and uh, Keandre Jones. Okay, three. And um, uh, uh, Jaheim Bell and Darren Williamson. All right, so that's five. Right. Does Bless Harris count as like a starter from last year? Oh, he didn't end the season as a starter. I can't, in good faith, he started one game. I can't count him as a starter from last year. Oh man, that might that might impact that. Adam, what do you think about that? How many of the three oh. transfers do you think are going to be in the starting? We're not, five? we're not counting Bless Harris. Did you say? We I would not counting. count him as a returning starter. He only okay. started. That one might, game yeah. Then I might have to buy. Then, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I, I think I'm at four. I don't. I don't think I can get to five. Yeah. Well, I'm tough. we definitely know one with Jaheim Bell, right? Like, I think that's. Yeah, but I yeah. like Dane saying, well, I think Darion Williamson's going to start. I don't know. I don't think Jaheim Bell's going to start at tight end. What? I, yeah, I think I he's going to start as like a flex wide receiver type. Like, a, he's going to start as like. Even a, then, Cam McDonald's like gone. Wh- whoever. He's going to play like a two or something okay. like that. And Johnny's going to play the nine. And I just think there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And they're going to play biscuit at tight end. Brendan, do you mean will there be five new names in the starting the first eleven guys that come out on the field for LSU? That I mean that that doesn't sound as succinct as what I was trying to go for. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll buy there. There will be five new names. I'll I'll buy that. 
I think All Pop right. Dunane's is. I think especially if they come out in two tight end set, that'd be that'd be interesting. But will Kyle Morlock be tight end like the other guy on the other I don't side? Think so, man, I, I think people are not. I think people are sleeping, sleeping on biscuit. Right. Sorry, my OCD. We need to move everyone back to where they were before. All right, good. Woo. All right, so new starters: Jones, Roddick, Byers, Harris. Bell. Um, Bell, but Harris. Harris technically started a game last Oh, uh, you missed but that Brandon's, point, Chris. We're not counting him. I, I, I'm not I'm counting him. Whatever. Well, it's going to be hard to start anybody when Darian Williamson's starting all 11 positions. Well, all 11 positions. I agree with that, yeah. too. Yeah. Williamson is so that's six. That's just one number. What is going on? You've heard no. of the A11. This is this is the A1, and it's just Darian Williamson throwing the ball to himself over Steak. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, six, six is probably six. the maximum, but yeah, I don't know. You're going to be five's good. Five's a good number, though. That's That's okay. right there. So at least what we're talking about here is FSU moves on from two to three starters from last year, and there's enough infusion of transfers to think it may surpass comfortably what you're replacing. So uh, there's going to be competition, which leads us to the next buyer, Sinone. Uh, What does this competition look like? FSU will have at least five offensive starters drafted after this season. Like, What will the offense produce to the point of potentially getting you guys drafted? And the number is five. Buyers to know. Anyone have a have a hot take I'll, or feel I'll, comfortable? I'd buy that. I I'll buy that. I feel comfortable. I mean, I think Bell's yeah. got a real shot. JT, Trey, Johnny, uh, a receiver Johnny. most likely, and Johnny, and then uh, Byers, Byers is a guy that Byers erotic erotic. Oh, so so the the swing guy there that. Chris, you said it confidently is Jordan Travis, and I don't think it's a crazy thing to say at all. But like again, going back to even. Early last year when he was playing well, we were talking about whether he has an NFL skill set. And Jalen Hurts yeah. has has given that that's, yeah, that's the vision point. that someone like that can work in the NFL. I think so too. I think I don't so think too. I don't. He's not the same player as Jalen Hurts, but they have similar. There's pros a blueprint, and cons right? You, you can like down, see an outline right? of how you mm-hmm. can make that skill set be very dangerous. And yeah, I, yeah, I feel. If, con- I think that's a, not an easy buy. I but I he's really. the Philly fan. What do you disagree guy. wholeheartedly? With, with the number or the, 600 pounds like oh. yeah. he's 230 pounds like he is a built dude jordan travis is not that but i do think jordan travis is going to get drafted like third round somewhere in that ballpark <laughs> you <laughs> disagree totally but he'll get drafted uh the well, i think he was I'm disagreeing saying, with him being hurt the jalen hurts I, I think he's got i think he's more russell wilson than like jalen i know I but I, kind of, Kevin, I know what you meant there. i got i yeah, got what yeah. you meant by that i got what yeah. you meant the videos aren't as corny as Russell. Oh, well, God, sure. he is the gift that keeps on giving. Dane, go ahead, buddy. Um, if a guy like Bryce Young came and had like an impressive rookie season, does that in any way affect Jordan Travis, Travis's draft stock? Yeah, absolutely. Because 100%. yeah, because of the size, and even um, who's the UCLA quarterback? Thompson, Thompson Robinson. Robinson? Yeah, yeah. similar. Robinson. He's like six one or so. Um, a lot of athleticism in this game, but but a good passer at the ball too. Like there, there's multiple guys potential rookies who could uh, provide a further blueprint for Jordan Travis getting drafted, especially if he has the season with the weapons we've, we've talked about. But I think it's interesting that we're counting him as a guy where we think – like, raise your hand. Do you think it's likely Jordan Travis gets drafted this year? I, I do at this point. All yeah, yeah, I think so. Sack's the only one who does it. And that I, I think stacking oh. in a season of success statistically makes him comfortable with people – Plus, he's a kid. Well, he's going to be – age is going to be a factor in all this for him because he will be viewed as older. 
but uh, I think he's a kid that whiteboard wise and dealing with teams wise, he's he's going to make them very comfortable in that regard. Yeah, most uh, quarterbacks you, being drafted. Well, there'll be a handful of guys, 21, 22 years old, but most are 23, 24. That'll be you know day two, day three guys. It's just COVID. That's some really Bennett's great grandchildren are entering college next year. So twenty six <laughs> okay. drafted. It's a copycat league though. To what what Kev was saying, like. Teams are going to take. They're going to find ways to want to use these guys. Um, we saw it with uh, what's his face at uh, with Arizona. Um, team, teams are going. The college game is making its way into pro football more and more. Teams are going. The teams are going to want to find ways to use these dynamic runners. All right, let's move on. Byer Sinone, Dane and Zach. I'm going to throw this to you guys. Byer Sinone, Darren Williamson, or Rodney Hill. You can only pick one. Darion. Be dead. Oh, he said it. Oh, I said it first, dude. That could affect the straw poll. All right. <laughs> Zach, Zach's out. Yeah. Dane's at least a contention for number two for the Darion Williamson fan club. I think Darion. I know we can only be a fan club of one player. Yeah. I mean, can't be Hey, Dane. Around. Yeah. Would you trade? I never, I'm not even going to go there. Go. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm interested. Well, okay. Uh, trade Mike Norvell out for Willie Taggart, but you get to keep Darion Williamson. <laughs> this is really where we draw the <laughs> five, baby. Five. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. But Darian Williamson has to be lined up backwards on every offensive. Snap. <laughs> Here, I got a, I got a hypothetical for you, Kev, because Jordan Travis is a product as much of anything of his supporting cast. What would it take if you were 2023 FSU? Well, no, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. Oh, this Basically, I want to trade 2020 Jordan Travis to this year's team for 2023 Jordan Travis. I want to flip the two of them, the versions of them, right? Okay. What what player from the 2023 roster would you have to trade with 2020 Jordan Travis to make it even? So Jordan Travis That's kind plus of hard to follow. You'd have to trade Jordan Travis. <laughs> Jordan Travis plus there wasn't supposed to be any math (laughs) equals Jordan Travis in 2020. There is no single player that is more important than Jordan Travis on the offense. But that's what I'm saying. But he also hasn't improved at all, right? Yeah, that's not what I said. All right, guys. You you get like Nash calculation. Sorry, Sorry, man. Byron Duke Cooper is an effective safety for FSU. Who who's buying the Duke hype? The Duke Cooper hype. I I, uh, I said he was my X factor, so I guess I have to own it. That yeah, I'm buying. Duke Cooper was excellent the back half of his freshman year, and I think last year was a mix of getting banged up and losing a hell of a lot of confidence. I think the fact again. In the transfer portal era, when dudes stick around, they usually do for a reason. And I think FCU believes in Duke Cooper. I think he knows that. There'll probably be a little bit of a grooving in situation, especially with the spring as far as getting comfortable with a different role. But, yeah, I think he's going to take to it. How about Byerson-Known, Duke Cooper plays so well that Florida State will not be looking for a starting safety in the All right, Chris Nee, that kind of jumps wow. ahead to the one I want to wow. end with. <laughs> Trey, I love you. We're like brothers. <laughs> Sorry, dude, you're just doing it. Oh, you're up here in that one. Sorry. <laughs> Forget uh, I said that. All right, uh, we'll get there quickly. Byerson-Known, FSU has a tease. at least four front seven defenders drafted. After this season, 
Jared Verse. Yeah. Fabo. Fabo. Fabo probably. Fisk. And Fisk. All right. So we get to three pretty easily. Then it gets yeah. interesting. Daryl Jackson. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unlikely yeah. that he gets drafted after this year. Like, it's unlikely. And what about Kalen Deloach? Who's unlikely they get drafted? Who's unlikely they get drafted? Daryl Jackson after this year. I think it's more likely that he stays for two. More likely. I, hope I, mean, I, I do think that's the plan going into the year, unless he does something exceptional. He's the wild card. I think what about one of the linebackers, likely, or both but... of the linebackers? What do you guys think about so, them in the NFL? <laughs> Kalen Deloach has to play at a fairly high weight this season, which is up to like 210 to 215. Probably needs to get to 215 to 220 during the season and play well with that to justify being drafted by an NFL team. I think that's kind of the feedback he's gotten. Uh, and we'll have to play well. I don't think Tatum Bethune just with his age, and I think he has some athletic restrictions as far as NFL level draftable player. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's likely. Um, so that kind of puts a limitation on on what he can do. So I'm synoting my own question. I, I don't think you're going to get to that fourth one this year, um, unless Daryl Jackson proves to be something far ahead of what we think he he is right now. I'm buying it. Ooh. Daryl Jackson, is that your? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think with one of those, you're going to be able to pay more. I think you'll be able to keep one, but I think they pro- probably could. Battles in factor, yeah, four potential draftable, but we're not thinking that we're going to let all four of them leave. Okay. Denial yeah. opportunities. All right, the well, last buyer Sonome, sponsored by the Turner, the Turner Group. Group. Trey, I'm going to let you do this because you almost spoiled it. Well, you did. Honestly, it's a bit. teaser. Just it's not a, it's it. not a teaser when you do the whole thing. It's not a tease. <laughs> FSU exits the spring. Byerson, FSU exits the spring without needing to take a transfer defender. Sinone, I think. I mean, it, I think the integration process will be nice. You've got a team that has championship aspirations. They, I think, they're going to need to bolster that safety depth. And whether it's a starter or not, I don't know. They need to have somebody else back there. You cannot get exposed on a team where, as Chris has mentioned multiple times, college football is becoming more like college basketball. And these are short-term, almost one-year type builds. This is your moment to strike. Everything's behind you. The investment's behind you. The players are there. The schedule is there. It's time. And I don't think you need to leave that to chance. They need to take somebody else at safety, I think. Anyone else? Yeah, I'll go in. I think uh, I think it more has to do more so with the scholarship numbers than the safety play in the spring. I think that Duke Cooper, whoever you know, whoever we're talking about at safety, is is not as important as FSU getting to the right amount of scholarships to be able to take another transfer in this uh, going into the season because they, I'm pretty sure they have to lose about uh, four to six players on their current roster um in that in that uh transfer window um in order to even take another defender like we're talking about i think it's likely i think if if that scenario does happen where they're able to take another or add another player to their roster they're going to they're you know use it to to take a transfer defender and likely a safety because like uh brennan said and and you know we've talked about this at length before but you know if you're going to really go for it all in 2023 trade Trey mentioned this, like you're going to need depth at that position at the very least. Um, and, you know, are, are you super comfortable that Shaheen Brown and, and Akeem Den are ACC championship level 
safeties, you know, maybe um, they they've been in, or Akeem's been inconsistent throughout his career. Shaheem's obviously still a young guy that that's coming into his own. So we'll see. Um, but I think, yeah, you, you at the very least need some depth, some quality depth at that position heading into 2023. So to add to this discussion, FSU has 12 DBs. They'll add three more as far as enrollment uh, with high school guys coming in. You know, and that's always a tough jump. But I think Husky's a guy that can help probably immediately because of program he's coming out of. So they'll have 15. But that's presuming they have 15, that the spring doesn't result in a guy or two saying, well, it's not going to work and I got to go. And that obviously changes the dynamics. I think the number is right in the neighborhood of where you want to be. But you also can get really thin really fast at a, at a position where you basically have five spots and you have a few guys who you just can't trust because they're so young or so new to it all. So it can get thin really fast. And we've seen that happen with two straight years where the DB rooms got kind of thin late. Um, but yeah, Zach's right. They got to have a spot to give a spot to. Yeah, I mean, you saw you saw against Florida when Jamie Robinson went out. Uh, I'm not sure if Akeem Dent also went out. He, um, he did, and yeah. Shaheen Brown was dealing with a hamstring issue, so they yeah, were so, Yeah, you were pulling guys out from the linebacker room to put back at safety, and realistically, you've added Kirkland and Hussey, and you're moving Cooper but you're not, yeah, you don't have any surefire things. You, you're just missing Jamie Robinson, and you're hoping that you can develop to, to replace him. And I think I'm high on Kirkland, and I'm high on Hussey. I, I thought, I said, watching his film, that I thought he would be able to contribute pretty quickly, but I think you need to figure out a way to bring someone in that's at least a reliable depth piece so you can give these freshmen chances to, to kind of have a chance. Are those guys going to be available in the portal post spring? Like, I feel like the window to get those guys was going to be probably that that December window. And are you going to go get a starter? Well, and, I mean, I, I feel like they kind of are where they are at this point with that position. Like, Fuller has talked about he loves the depth there. They've got a lot of bodies. They've got a lot of numbers. Like at some point they are they do have to develop these guys. Like you do have to bank that you are developing guys and getting them better. Like with a Shaheen Brown, you you wanted a Keem Dent back, you got him back another year. Like I don't know. I, I feel like they're kind of are where they are because I don't think you're gonna go out and get a starter. They're very they're very um I don't know, they they just don't seem like that's the way they want to go about it. They, I feel like they could have done that already. Let me pose this question. Uh, Chris, help me out real quick with just numbers. FSU's hit rate the last two years in the transfer portal has been what percentage? Like 70? As uh, far as players coming in and contributing at a, a good, 2D, solid, 2D, 2D, 2D level. Yeah. Uh, in Norvell's time, it's like 76%, I think, is okay, where so, it's landed. So it's when been we get, very good the last two. When we get to mid mid-year or excuse me not mid-year uh summer enrollees so post-spring enrollees what does that number probably drop to like dylan gibbons I, hit yeah it, it's far more difficult i mean every kid's their own individual case but you're gonna have to get a kid who's super mature or who has played so much football that concept wise it's just an easy pickup it's not as plug and play as a kid that mm -hmm. misses those 15 spring practices because 
beyond the 15 spring practices teaching you the way it's taught, the the language of how it's taught, because football is not all that different team to team, but language sometimes mm-hmm. is different. Beyond that, it's also about fitting into that team dynamic, understanding how on defense they operate as an 11, because mm-hmm. you got to know that on defense, especially at a position like safety where you are going to have to know what's the guy in front of me supposed to do, what's the rush up front supposed to be, what is the guy on the island to my left or the guy on the island to my right supposed to do? How am I supposed to help them out? There's just so much that goes into it that not having those reps definitely puts you at a bad spot. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, when you come in in June, you're here for essentially a month and a half and then season starts. That's not yeah. enough time to get acclimated and get yourself really in the mix. So, so the people who are thinking, oh, we can go and add a linebacker, we can go and add a safety in June, uh, you can, but you're probably putting a cap to you didn't ask if it was ideal you asked if it was a need that's true it's not ideal (laughs) it's a need so then we would be talking about an act of desperation to an extent i wouldn't say desperation it's not it's not you got to make a series of choices and i mean if if you're going in not where you want it i i think it's a need i i know it's not ideal but it's a need if you're going and adding a player with a 50 50 hit rate at best that then you're you're flipping a coin there is a little bit of desperation because it is a, if you, a need if you have the roster thing. spot why would you not take that well you max out to 85 without a shadow yeah. of doubt and that would be probably your first mm-hmm. spot you go to the yeah. use one so i agree yeah. with you there zach they I they are they aren't flush with roster spots right now sorry chris continue they are they, that's they what I'm saying. if you do get to that point you have like there's no reason why you yeah, yeah you've got to fill it yeah I think we get a little stuck on starter guy. Uh, for me, it's more guy who allows you to have comfortable depth. Yeah. And, you know, they lost one in that with Pac last year. Pac, he could mm-hmm. run out there, and they knew he knew what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't flashy, wasn't special, but also wasn't going to get you burned or killed. And I think that's where it falls in line. But you also got to have one of those who's available, and it's not always the easiest to find a kid who's in the portal saying, hey, you're not going to come here and start most likely, but – we're going to try to use you. That's sometimes a tougher sales job than it should be. I think too, I think that their thought process is that their front's going to be so good. It's going to mask a lot of problems that they may potentially have in the back, in that back end that they're going to be able to play so much coverage. They're not going to be asking those guys to come up and be run box players like they've been in the past, that their deficiencies aren't going to be on display quite as much. They're going to be able to allow them to backpedal and play flat footed and, and, and be slower reacting and be better against the pass in that way because I think that they think they're going to be that good up front. So I, I'm not sold it's as big a need as what maybe it was before they landed a Daryl Jackson and a, and a Braden Fisk and got verse back and got Lovett back. It's almost like salary cap. Where are you going to spend it? How are you going to use it? Yeah. You know, what impacts you the greatest? I'd I'm telling you right now, if, if there was an 85 – if I had an 85th spot and there was a really good defensive end available, that's where my assets would go over a safety. I would take a linebacker, and a young linebacker. You guys can correct me on safety. The only portal safety they were really involved with in the January go round was Jihad Carter. And that never even resulted in a visit. Also, the Matry kid as well. Yeah, yeah they the all took out of yeah, DC, but like, it didn't seem to go yeah, anywhere. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. But that, like, that they didn't seem to push on. her at all. Yeah, I think he went to like Louisiana Tech or something. Um, and they they vetted uh, the kid from Ole Miss, but that wasn't a yeah a, a major push. Yeah, I mean, 
to be fair, they had a chance to push for multiple safeties, and it wasn't a robust market, but there were guys who could have at least been number three rotational guys with two years to play to potentially be starters after Akeem Detlef, and they didn't. They didn't do it. I do think there is internally a lot of confidence that Duke Cooper can fit in well there. Uh, I think Kev's talked about this before, like of them playing a lot more man coverage potentially, which is why you move a cornerback body to safety. So I, I, I'm a little more optimistic that they have the pieces that they need. I don't think we're going to exit the spring with that being this major position that you have to address personally. Right now on paper, it's a crapshoot though, and it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't this a great place to to be? Is that your spring is you're trying to figure out whether you need a number three safety? Like how far, how far (laughs) they come? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. The DB room uh, thins out by two or three. You are in a pinch Uh, going from 15 to 12, even if you don't think all 15 can contribute, you know, off the bat because you're dealing with four freshmen or five freshmen in that group, you still need like a group. So. But yeah, yeah, like Kirkland, Kirkland hits and steps up, and you got Hussey coming in, who I think we all feel confident in mm-hmm. to a degree. Like you're probably comfortable with your depth, especially if Duke does take to the spot. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And what happens at nickel might also influence what's happening in the back end. Does Kevin Knowles say yeah. loses that nickel spot, or Jones takes it for lack of a better description? Does Knowles move to a safety spot? Maybe. And you know who played safety in high school? Darren Williamson. Uh two ways. I think oh, I think Brendan oh, should have gone. Right. First round pick a wide Time receiver. Time is a flat circle. Safety. Fantastic. That's like needing to block the extra point and return it, and somehow he did it. Well, Are Brendan, we I think so. Would you like to <laughs> stick the landing? No, I do not. You All right, stick fantastic. It. You're better yeah, at it. Dane got it. Oh no, don't. Yeah, Dan, yeah, let the Dane train. No, Trace got it. <laughs> you sure i looked up at brendan and brendan's in a panic so yeah all right it. well for myself for the red face dane draper for zach blostein kevin little not the hostile one christney coach adam brown fueled by chattanooga whiskey brendan sinone i am trey Rollins. so for the Knowles 24 7 annual subscription sale it ends on tuesday just sign up now 50 percent off do it for chattanooga whiskey for the turner group one quick question. Who is Darren Williamson's biggest fan in the comments section? Me. Oh, did no, Brendan win? Sense. Brendan did win 52%. I came in second at 19%. Dane in third at 18 And then Kev in last at 11 Wow. Sure. Brendan. Oh, that's pretty impressive you. thing is okay. I'm not actually. For, for Kev to not even really put any effort in there. Is... <laughs> he, put, <laughs> hey, he put his name. I had Kev's a candidate who made sure no other candidate could win, though. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. For election tampering, Damn, I am Trey Rowland. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Spring football is tomorrow. Get ready. Go to Knowles 24-7 for the best coverage ever in the history of Florida State reporting or football in general. Keep chopping.
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.